the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Coming to you live from the back room at <laughs> Mr. Gold's Pawn Shop. It's the Worldview Media Podcast. And joining me in the studio are my two lady friends. <laughs> my middle daughter, Jordan. Hello. Hello. And my lovely and talented wife, Hello. Miss Joyce Runyon. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you knew who I was. <laughs> Miss Joyce. <laughs> you know, are, he keeps yeah. the good stuff in the back room. Uh, right, Mr. Gold keeps it all in the back. We are going to talk a little bit about today about uh, the ABC television mm-hmm. series, Once Upon a Time. Yeah. And let's see if I can give a brief synopsis of this program. All right, let's see. There is a town called uh, uh, Witch Haven. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, Storybrook. There it is. Oh, okay. There's a... (laughs) Do we know what state Storybrook is in? Maine. Maine. Okay, so in Storybrook, Maine, all the residents... Yes. ...are... Actually, characters from fairy tales. Yeah. But when they're in Storybrook, originally speaking, when they were in Storybrook, they forgot their history as fairy tale characters yeah. and mm-hmm. were just kind of normal day to day people. Mm-hmm. But then something happened so that they gradually began to remember who they were. Mm-hmm. And. Well, one person always knew what was up in Storybrook. That so was the mayor. The evil Regina. queen. Yeah. Wait, was she different? Was she different? She's the one who cast the spell that brought him to Storybrook. And that's the one that we still call the Evil Queen. Yeah. Well, she's gotten better. She's not so evil now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I watched like maybe the first two seasons, mm-hmm. and I didn't. I've been out for a while. <laughs> you out? <laughs> <laughs> and. I'll just say the reason I'm out on it is because the storytelling became really repetitive. And, you know, like, they're living in this universe where there are all these different magical lands. And it's nearly impossible to get from one to the other. But they go from one to the other all the time. From the magic beans. Hello. They use magic, though. (laughs) But it's all the time they're moving back and forth. And they act like it's so hard to do. But they do it all the time. And... And uh, and then it became apparent that this was just another vehicle for Disney to sell merchandise and stuff because the cast of the characters from Frozen start showing up and the characters from Mulan show up and, and you know it is a Disney station. <laughs> well, They're right, but it, a... it started out being kind of classic fairy tales. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was one of the interesting things about it in the beginning, and that's why it was as popular as it was. 
with uh, having these characters that are familiar enough to the public and them not know who they are. And so right. it had a right. nice twist to it. Yeah, and so then we started getting like characters from The Wizard of Oz and yeah. It'll only be a short time before Moana shows up, or has she already? She's not been there. She, no, not yet. She will be. Eventually, I'm sure. And Dwayne Johnson as The Rock. I mean, not as The <laughs> Rock. <laughs> as Maui? He probably won't show up there. <laughs> and so hilarity ensues as the evil magic people try to do bad things and the heroes have to stop them yeah all right let me uh let me get your overall take what uh jordan you just started kind of netflixing this series right well uh i mean i watched it when we were all sort of watching it as it was airing but then after like having to go to school and stuff i i was behind for a long time but i like a few months ago, I, I watched the seasons that I had missed on Netflix. So Okay. And what's your overall thought on it? You've obviously kept watching. So. Yeah, well, it's kind of fun. So I like, I like watching it because it's kind of fun. It's not the first show that I would watch on Netflix. But, you know, it's, it's a good time for me. I like to watch it sometimes. What do you like about it? Uh... I guess probably I like the, I, I kind of like the way that, that we'll have these separate sort of storylines that we're looking at and stuff. So you keep finding out sort of more about everybody, mm -hmm. even, you know, seasons into it, you start learning all these things that they did this one time and how that's sort you of know. affecting them and, and ooh, what's going to happen. Yeah, that's, is it all the time they do this thing where like half of every episode is in flashback mode to different times? No, or? I don't think... Well, it is it's very almost common. every episode. Very yeah. common, yeah. And it's almost like then the story that's taking place in the here and now is related or yeah, parallel. Yeah. or. Well, and you find out more information. I think with this season, there's some stuff going on with Hook and Emma Swan, the daughter of uh, Charming and Snow. Yeah. <laughs> now, what, what fairy tale is she supposed to be from? Who? Emma. Well... She's the fairy tale that we don't know. <laughs> well, but she's sort of also clearly the Swan Princess, right? Because she's a princess and her last name is Swan. Is that a Disney movie? Well, no, that's a Don Bluth movie, which is why I feel they like they haven't referenced it. Oh, but okay. I feel like that's the fairy tale that she was supposed to be sort of thinking about. Because she's this, you know, uh, princess who's been, like, away from people and, and stuff. I don't know. You see all these sort of... Yeah, similarities. Strange little you know, things. I hadn't thought about the Swan Princess. And then there's that. I feel like a, a bunch of times she's been in sort of the, uh, the magical land, and if she dresses up there, her dresses always sort of seem to have this sort of feathery thing going on. So, hmm. that's that's been my uh, theory. Costuming hints. Yeah. Okay. And mom, you obviously enjoyed this series. What's your attraction to it? I like. The way that the characters kind of have developed and they've changed. You know, the evil queen, they've kind of broken through to her and that, you know, you don't have to be evil. There was one thing um, about changing how your story ends, you know, because the villain never wins. Uh, 
and so there was there have been some interesting storylines kind of looking at uh, are you destined to be forever evil you know are you always yeah. going to be bad are you always going to be good and um, so there's some kind of interesting things that go on in that regard yeah so it's a lot about character for you yeah and I think the very beginning it was just a unique look at characters that everybody thought they knew yeah and looking at different stories with them and um, you know of course the thing with uh, Snow White and Prince Charming is that they will always find each other and so you see that kind of replayed throughout the seasons where they have their difficulties and yet you know they always wind up together because they're true loves and, oh yeah you know right. yeah well the the one character that i have consistently liked even though i'm not a big fan of the series i've liked mr gold uh, oh and, yeah uh, he's fun I like rumpelstiltskin mm-hmm. and uh, i just thought it was a neat step to make rumpelstiltskin of all people to make him like the most powerful character and yeah undefeatable at certain points and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the interesting there have been times when he's also tried to be a good guy mm-hmm, yeah and slips back and stuff yeah. like that yeah so there's a lot of the personal development of the characters as well because his big thing is cowardice yeah and you know that's why he turned into the dark one, the Rumpelstiltskin character, and just his struggle with that and the price that he's paid to not be a coward in uh-huh. the in the wrong ways by acquiring magic. And instead of being bold and strong and, and these things on his own power, he has to do it um, through magical means. And so you see that he's paid a lot for that. Yeah. You know, he's lost a lot of things. And still continues to say yeah he can't give it up he can't quit it and then when they brought the beauty and the beast characters over then we learned that rumpelstiltskin is actually the beast from beauty and the beast right yeah and that was kind of (laughs) cheesy well he is a bit of a beast though though. i he's a bit of a beast (laughs) yeah all right so it's kind of nice. It's. I mean, I think it's a nice little story. I think it's. It adds something to his character that he's got this, you know, side of him that's softer and stuff. It, it makes him a little more interesting. I think. Yeah. All right. Anything else you like, or what doesn't work for you, or anything like that? No. Uh, there's probably a lot of coincidences a lot of time that just oh, sort of work yeah. out or, or, oh no, this bad guy who I'm connected to <laughs> by means I didn't realize, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's something that happens quite often. Well, I've noticed that a little bit, or I thought I have when they get themselves into a bind and the heroes <laughs> are all painted into a corner and, oh wait, there's this other magical spell that we've never talked about before, but yeah. If we do it right, it'll save the day. Yeah. Yeah, they do have some of those uh, fail-safes built in. So, <laughs> you know, we always get out okay in the end. And they have brought in a bunch of different um, stories. I think this past season there was Aladdin. And you mentioned The Wizard of Oz. And, of course, Frozen. And, and Peter Pan. And Peter Pan. Wonderland. And so. And, yeah. So, and it's been interesting the way they've connected all the characters 
you know, like Peter Pan is actually Rumpelstiltskin's dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some surprising connections and all that, and uh, the way the Swan family, I don't know if they're swans or not, the Charming family. The Charmings. <laughs> are related to uh, Gold and Regina and, you know, just these strange connections between characters that uh, unite them even if they don't want to be united. Yeah, but it's almost become a genre, hasn't it? Uh, the reimagining of old classic tales. Yeah, that's a definitely a popular thing. For yeah, sure. right. Uh, Shrek kind of took the ogre stories and turned them into... Comedies. <laughs> and he becomes the hero. The ogre is no longer the bad guy. Right. He's the hero. And, mm -hmm. and we've been through, wow, it's been decades now of learning that dragons are really good and you know um, dragons aren't yeah. bad anymore and they're not monsters and mm. so that's not all of them <laughs> but that's kind of become a little bit of a trope going back and reanalyzing or reimagining yeah. fairy tales and that's switching true. everything around a little bit mm -hmm. what was that other one uh maleficent oh, that yeah. movie yeah I didn't see that, but I hear it's the same sort of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just her background story, you know, how she turned into what she was. and Right. Yeah. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit reconstructionistradio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom. And we're back on Worldview Media Podcast, but trapped in an enchanted land with no magic beans to come back. No, no oh, magic beans. No. But it always works out. <laughs> we'll so find a way. There'll be okay. a well or a cavern or a mermaid. Oh, oh shoo. <laughs> Mermaids are so magic. <laughs> they are. All right. So we are talking about Once Upon a Time, and we want to start talking about like morals and underlying messages and things of that nature. Now, you already mentioned one that I kind of had on my mind was, especially with the evil queen, Regina, it seems to be an ongoing thing for her that she's, is she a good guy? Is she a villain? What's yeah. her deal? Yeah. And, and what's she going to be? And, and even in the snippets that I've seen, I think she obviously kind of moves back and forth sometimes between those two. I think this last season there's been a lot about how, well, I'm just going to say it. Okay. Regina actually split herself, so her oh. evil queen person is different from Regina. 
So there's these two characters. And so there was a lot about, well, now you're just weak and now you're just soft because you don't have that strength of what you call the evil That's what part the of Star Trek episode did. Captain Kirk got split into... Yeah. And so there's that... And then the good part was also weak and yeah. un unable to Able get anything to, Yeah, done. just, oh, I... I incapacitated I, I don't know what to do and, well that's kind of um, a pagan concept isn't it where uh, the only way you can really be whole is if you've got good and evil in balance mm -hmm. or right well Regina's done yang. pretty well not having the evil queen <laughs> be a part of her and of course the evil queen is just like ah I've got to get after everybody who's ever thought terrible things about me but uh, I'm thinking now I'm behind a few episodes but that the evil queen is maybe having a change of heart and maybe thinking, uh, maybe there's something more than just being evil. And the so, evil queen without a good side is flirting with repenting of her evil. I'm, I'm thinking that could be what's happening. <laughs> wow, this is a full on Pelagian show. So, I thought eventually they'd have to, you know, remerge and she right. just have to deal with, you know, you deal with who you are and. That's, you know, that's sin nature. <laughs> <laughs> right. That wants to make you do bad things, so. But that does some, kind of seem to be a theme, because you have it with her, you also have it with, uh, you had it a long time ago with Captain Hook. Oh, yeah. And, uh, mm -hmm. But he kind of made the transition to a good guy, and he stayed that way, right? Right. Well, and I think that has a lot to do with uh, how much he cares about Emma. He's in love. Yeah, love he's, has love transformed, has transformed him. him. Oh. And he's renounced his bad ways. But it's still there haunting him. Yeah, I mean, he still has to sometimes deal with, like, ghosts from his past and yeah. consequences that he can't sort of get away from because of stuff that up. he did. Yep. And he has to, like, yeah, he has to admit that, yeah, I did all these terrible things and this was not good and all that. I've seen, even then, the little bit that I've seen is that there are places where self-sacrifice is lifted up as a virtue. Oh, sure. Does that happen quite a bit or not? I feel like that's almost every season finale. Somebody is sacrificing themselves. Yeah. Oh. To to save the town or to just yeah. save these five people or something. Yeah. Yeah, because they did go down in, even into Hades. That's the last <laughs> thing that I saw. I haven't seen this new this new season with the with the crazy with the two queens. I I saw, I think the splitting of them, mm -hmm. but then that was it. Interesting. And so we talked about that a little bit last week on the Beauty and the Beast podcast that uh that's kind of a that's kind of a thing new in human history since the time of the advent of Christ is this idea that self sacrifice is heroic and something to be emulated. And mm -hmm. the other thing, I'm not sure how big a deal it is, but when Snow White Snow White seems to struggle a lot with the temptation to use a little bit of evil in order to get good things done right is that a fairly common thing or not that has been a problem for her in the past yeah, because it it's acceptable and everybody says oh it's okay yeah. <laughs> you should do this and fend for yourself and right you know this is your kingdom and yeah and she's kind of like Pinocchio in reverse, where his nose gets bigger all the time and her hair gets shorter every season. 
Oh, boy. Uh, only in real time. When we go back in time, she's got more hair. Yeah, yeah. Right. She's got the long hair in the forest. <laughs> She'd be looking like me in just a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Any other kind of thematic things that you want to point out? What do you see? Oh, you had stuff about what grudges and... Oh, yeah, well, that whole thing... Because the whole reason that they end up being cursed to be in Storybook anyway is uh, it's the Snow White thing. But they sort of make that story into being a little bit more complex where the evil queen doesn't just hate Snow White because she's, like, beautiful, you mm -hmm. know? It's this, actually, thing where years ago as a child she told this secret on Regina like by accident and ended up getting this guy that uh, Regina was like in love with mm -hmm. uh, killed and stuff. So she's by her mother, by his, by her mother, by Regina's mother. Yeah. But uh, so she's been harboring this like resentment towards her this whole time. But she and couldn't then, have a happy life because, because of, of, because of snow being careless and stuff. And that's what starts the whole thing where she's going after her and trying to kill her and the apple and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And eventually the, the curse. Of the curse. Okay. So, so this whole thing about, uh, yeah, trying to get revenge and stuff. Is that still a thing, or has she figured out how to forgive Snow White? Or I think, I think she's mostly past it at this yeah. point because she had she had even fallen in love with Robin Hood, you know, and and so it had, it was all sort of working out, you know, mm -hmm. and they had gotten to a point where they were basically civil and. And could could get along well enough and work together and stuff. Yeah. So I think she, yeah, I think she eventually did find a way to let that go. Well, and I think she sees them more as a family unit now, mm. because you know Snow White really is her stepdaughter, and her son is actually Emma Swan's real biological child. And I mean, there's just all these crazy attachments between this person and that person, and. Um, so it's it's kind of interesting. <laughs> and even Mr. Gold's mixed up in all that stuff with... Um, oh, yeah. Because he was Rumpelstiltskin. And well, he was messing with everybody's well, earlier lives. He is... Uh, he's Henry's... Grandfather. Uh, grandfather on his dad's side. Yeah. Oh, oh See? yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, remember? Yeah, yeah. It's a very... It's a really twisty sort of family tree. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, especially because there's all these weird gaps of centuries. And yeah. Yeah. Different magical lands involved. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Are there... Can you think of what we have talked about in the past? Can you think of, like, big moral crisis that characters have faced that kind of impacted seasons or uh, anything like that. Well, there was that time that Snow White, uh, didn't she kill Regina's mom with that candle thing? Oh, yeah. That that ended up being kind of trouble for her. Yeah. It starts turning her heart all black and stuff. It used to be all red and shiny, and then <gasps> there was a black spot. Because she was tricky and, and, and killed Regina's mom. Yeah. Yeah. And now her and Charming have to 
They share a heart now. <laughs> yeah. Like they didn't before. I know. <laughs> but so Charming, Charming had to give up half of his heart so that Snow White could have a, have a, an unblackened heart inside of her. Oh wow! So so they did the thing where they take their heart out. Right. And they just split Charming's in half, and now she has half, and he has half, and they just share the one heart. Hmm. Does it mean neither one of them can run very far? <laughs> it's not like us. They seem to be doing fine. <laughs> it's not like me and Dad. <laughs> <laughs> not like the way that you share one heart. <laughs> no, that we can't run very far. Because <laughs> of weak hearts. Because <laughs> we each have our own very... Sad heart. <laughs> that is not exercised. <laughs> okay, so the other thing that I was going to point out, as with a lot of fairy tales, correct me if I'm wrong, but it does seem like the the issue of true love and finding your true love and being loyal to true love and protecting it, that that's kind of like the highest ideal across all the different fantasy lands and all the different worlds, is that right? Or... Well, I think true love is probably very important, but I think what uh, what Snow White and people always get after her, what Snow White and Charming are always talking about is being like this thing. I feel like they talk more about uh, having hope. Yeah. That oh. that's the thing that you have to... You can't give up. Yeah, you have to keep on yeah. going. Like even when things get really bad, and they'll annoy all the other characters by being like, "We just have to, you just have to have hope. It's gonna, it, we'll get there." <laughs> They're like, "Shut up! <laughs> I don't want to hear about your hope." <laughs> don't you see? We're stuck in a cave uh, with air running out. Hope so. is not going to help us. <laughs> but then it does. And then it does once they accept having hope. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, love does have a lot to do with that. Uh, I think the reason that maybe Snow and Charming have so much hope is because of, of their love. Yeah, how the much they believe their... in each other and yeah. their strengths, and and that really that that those things can overcome anything. So I think they're related. Um, probably something that bothers me a little bit about all that you know the true love stuff is that sometimes it it fills your head with this fantasy ideal. Yeah. Of what that looks like. And having been married, what, how many years? <laughs> 50 million. <laughs> you know, um, love is a choice. And it's a choice you make every day, every moment of that day, to do what you said you would do when you took your vows. And so yeah. it's not um, as fanciful or as necessarily beautiful as people would like to sometimes have that be related to. Because sometimes it's... You know, nobody's slept because kids are up in the middle of the night and they're sick and everybody's on edge. Right. <laughs> and you still, you know, you're still a family and you still have each other's backs yeah. and you still have to try to be kind <laughs> and gentle and maybe even a little sweet. <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like you struggle with that like the evil queen struggles. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you think about it, you know that is the right way to go. And yet, <laughs> reality kind of drags you back. Uh, so, but I think that is a real issue because we have a lot of kids that are growing up in broken homes, and they don't they don't have an image of what 
yeah, no model what dedicated yeah. love is, and so we see these we see these romance stories and we see these uh, fairy tales, and we right. think, well, this has to be it. And then when they when they enter that relationship, and something goes wrong, well, then uh, this isn't what I signed up for. Right. And you know, um, love is a choice, and it's it's not always pretty. Let me run a theory by you. Uh, I'm convinced that one of the evil things about pornography is that it creates a a false world in which and nobody who lives in that world is a real person and the women are not real and 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 the quote unquote love that happens in that world is not real and it's all false and fake and and if you hold those images in your mind it will have the effect of destroying whatever real love that you have and my theory is that what we call quote-unquote romance stories uh, harlequin romances or something like that or even fairy tales that do what you're talking about where they they hold up this notion of romantic love and put it on uh, you know a flowery pedestal mm -hmm a Greek column, <laughs> you know, that it sits on top of that. Uh, that has the same kind of effect, just not as dirty. You know, it's, mm. you know, it's very pristine. It's almost the total opposite. Instead of running love through the mud and mm. getting it yucky and gross, it puts it in another place where it can almost not be touched or found or, mm -hmm. and it becomes kind of illusory what do you think? You you make some good correlations between the two of those things. And uh, I think I could buy into that. Yeah. I think I could. Well, would you buy into then, if it's right to say that men tend to be more visually oriented and therefore more susceptible to the false world created by pornography, that those romance stories that do the opposite, do are they more... Uh, do they have bigger hooks for the females? Because most guys don't really enjoy those romantic <laughs> stories, you know. That does seem yeah. to be a, a nearly completely feminine mm -hmm. uh, phenomenon. But I'm just kind of wondering if you'd agree with that, too. Or... Well, there's actually got to be something driving that industry, and it is yeah. an industry. And yeah. so... Uh, who's going to see all that stuff? It winds up being kind of escapist. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's escaping reality mm -hmm. in the same way that pornography is, just in a different direction. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, okay. So let's see, what else do we see a lot? I, I almost feel like the stories that I've seen involving Captain Hook, a lot of them also have to do with honor and loyalty or mm -hmm. is that is that a big deal too i don't know enough to know if that's a thematic thing or not well i, I don't think that's just necessarily related to hook you know i think you see that with a lot of the different characters those those issues those themes being brought up yeah how about you uh that's probably true i feel like maybe it comes up a lot with hook just because like you know, he used to be, like, a military guy. Mm. Like, he was in the Navy and, and stuff before he was this pirate. And so he, he, he sort of has this uh, this sort of latent, higher sort of military idea about, like, 
what it is to be an honorable person. And, okay, all right. And that kind of thing. Well, I was just going to ask you if, if there's any, if it's discernible at all, what in this world that we're talking about, is it, what is it that makes an action good or evil? Hmm. If you had to sum it up what the character thinks about it at the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty situational like that. Even the bad characters, I think, you know, it's a matter of, well, what, what needs to be done? Well, I think that if a, if a good person is, if like one of the hero people are seeing like a villain do something villainous, usually that villainous thing is going to like hurt other people. Or it's only about like something really self-serving, like they want this for them. And, and they're gonna, they don't care, like, what happens in the process of them getting whatever it is that they're wanting or something yeah. like that. I think the villains do tend to be really, really sort of selfish and self-serving and all about that and not really caring about other oh, people. Yeah. Right, right. And then the heroes are all servants, kind of. Yeah, well, the heroes rescuers. are always all about saving the town and saving each yeah. other and, right. and, and all of this. Okay, would you agree with that? Or you feel like it's even more situational than that, where it's just what's needed in the moment? If yeah. you're a good guy, then it's the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, I've and seen it's not going to be just yeah. this benefits me, but because this is what needs to be done, then this is what I'll do. Right. So it's almost, in terms of philosophy, it's almost utilitarian. You do what works in the moment. And is that, is that yeah. fair? Yeah. And I or? think it, then. What works depends on if you're a good character or a bad character. Well, but I think the heroes still, if they do something, like, questionable, then they still have to, that's, that's going to come back and they're going to have to deal with that. Oh, there are some consequences. Yeah, yeah, I feel like every time that a hero has done something that was, like, less than morally heroic. gray, yeah. that's been something that they've had to deal with later and explain and own oh, up okay. to and be like, oh, I, sh- I knew that I probably shouldn't yeah. have done that. Yeah, I should have gone true. this other way. That's good. That's, That's probably true. Yeah. So they may do bad stuff, but I think it's still acknowledged that that wasn't great and we shouldn't have done that and we we need to fix what we did, that kind of thing. All right. And as we've been talking, I've realized that another um, theme that they have has been one of abandonment. Oh. Oh, that's true. You know, because Emma was abandoned. Yeah. Uh, and that other kid, Neil. Yeah, he was, he was abandoned, and you just I you just see that through, like even with Regina, she felt abandoned. Right. You know, and that's just something that's, how have they dealt with that? Uh-huh. And how are they dealing with that? Because then even with Emma saying, oh, you're the Savior, well, I can't be the Savior because I'm nobody. And, and then as the seasons have gone on and she's seen how many other characters interacted with her in the real world in order to get her to Storybrook. Right. You know, she was just, never really forgotten about or anything. Yeah. yeah. But there is a lot of abandonment issues uh, with Hook oh, and Hook his father. Too. Yeah. I think you even see that with Gold and with his father. Mm-hmm. And, That's uh, true. You know, there's just a lot of that throughout the series. And Henry, too. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's on purpose? I mean, I, I was... I say this because I was just hearing statistics on fatherlessness in America and how... Like in urban black communities, it's over seventy percent of mm. of wow. kids that have no meaningful relationship, relationship with their dad. And outside, in in 
you know, outside those urban communities and in all the other races that it's approaching in the same direction. So I kind of wonder if that, if that isn't just good marketing. You're writing a story for folks who... Who are there. <laughs> right. Who are in that situation. I don't think that's as obvious a theme. Yeah. I mean, I, I it's think there, that it's, but... it's there and it keeps coming up. And it's like there are right. opportunities where it wouldn't have had to be there and yet there it is sort of again. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think it is sort of a deliberate connection between all of these characters that they all are dealing Interesting. with the same sort of thing. Yeah. And even sort of in Gold's family, like generationally, yeah. it keeps happening in, in uh, Gold's family uh -huh. that, that the son will sort of be abandoned by his father, and yeah. then the son will sort of be abandoned by his father, and, and then, then you have that son yeah. is abandoned by his father. And <laughs> yeah. So. All, right. All right. Well, any final thoughts? Recommend it? Yeah. At least probably the first season is pretty good. If yeah. if you're the, if you're like me and mom and you have to keep watching stuff, <laughs> just because you're hooked in, then, by then. then like, you okay, will keep watching. Yeah. But uh, it's true. But if you but the first season is the best season. Well, I would kind of feel the same way because that's when I was watching it. Mom and I started watching it, and I thought it was good and imaginative and yeah. innovative. Mm -hmm. And then it just got repetitive. Yeah. And yeah. So if I was gonna kinda. recommend it to like anybody like just anyone off the street i'd be like well probably just the first season but yeah. if you're if you just like watching tv and you want to like watch like sure watch it it's all it's all fun well there's some good things in it it's and, clean and, tv for yeah, the most part it is yeah. and yeah. of course all of and these stories fun stories you know yeah like maybe the same sort of thing like the basic plot line is probably yeah. the same but new cool stuff happens in between <laughs> they're switching out names and characters and that's fun all right well you'll have to let me know when moana shows up uh, and what she's up to maybe next year or if the coconut guys show up that'd oh, be really cool coconut the coconut pirates what they would look like. it's really not like a coconut <laughs> but but the stories in themselves were moral stories that and that's why oh yeah you were talking about originally the fairy yeah. tales were written as kind of morality teaching devices right yeah yeah that's true so you still see some of that even in in this yeah. syndicated right show so. gotcha all right very good well have we I think we've done it have we done it what's your grade uh, Do you have a grade? <laughs> first season was an A. The first season was an A for sure, and probably, uh, mm. probably like an <laughs> average of a of a B after that for me, maybe. Yeah, like, I think it, it ranges in the Bs. Sometimes it's a high B. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it can be a low B. <laughs> but sometimes it's, it's just solid. Usually, just a B. Yeah. So like. If we're weighting it, then overall it's probably a B show. Okay. But the first season is an A for sure. I'd agree. Well, it it passed for me in the first season. <laughs> and now it fails. <laughs> uh. no, it was, I agree. The first season was good. I'd give it an A in the first season. But after that, man, I, I'm out. <laughs> Uh, all right well thank you all for joining us here at the uh gold's pawn shop we got to get out before the wrong person walks in unexpectedly uh -oh. and don't forget this is the place for 
Oh, Reconstructionist Radio Network is <laughs> <laughs> your one-stop shop for all your dominionizing needs. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to take off. I mean, I know we've been doing it for if a couple of If I say times. it enough, it's, it's like name it and claim it. I'm going to keep saying dominionizing, and eventually there'll be like a five-pound book. Dominionizing the world. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, see y'all. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks. <laughs>